0: Get 15% off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at Skylightframe.com slash easy.
1: Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative Podcast. Where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022 2023 school year diving deep into the science of well being, answering the question what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Here we are again, week seven of Happy Class. Do these weeks go by as fast for you as they do for me? This week was characterized by writing a ton of papers at the very last minute and feeling quite overwhelmed by all of it. There were a couple breakdowns in there for sure. Definitely some moments where I said out loud, I'm not sure if I can do this. This is taking more of my intellect and capacity and emotional energy than I anticipated. And of course, a lot of support and being cheered on by primarily my husband, Dave, and also my family as I'm working through the work of this program. This is a total aside, but I've thought it's really interesting and unfortunate that my menstrual cycle has quite inconveniently been synced specifically with my school on-sites. So far, we have had two on-site sessions. One was our orientation week that was 50 hours of class over five days. It was super intense, and I was menstruating those exact days. And as luck would have it, the next, <laughs> the next on-site, I mean, they they were spaced exactly so that I was on my period again during the next on-site, and I am heading for Philadelphia to do in-person class on campus at Penn. I'm super excited, and I will be anticipating my menstrual cycle beginning sometime within a day of arriving, and finishing within a day of coming home so this is super unfortunate for a lot of reasons one of which is that i have a lot of physical symptoms associated with menstruation like a lot of women do i'm more tired i have you know pretty low energy and high fatigue i can feel more stressed out highly emotional and sometimes i have you know, even more serious symptoms like some nausea or um, just not feeling great in my body. I mean, menstruation is a is it can be pretty intense as a monthly cycle. The other thing that is so interesting and can be unfortunate is that my symptoms don't begin when my period begins. It's very common. A lot of women experience some symptoms leading up to their actual menstruation. So the week before my period begins, which the way this program is outlined, the week leading up to the next onsite tends to be fairly intense regarding due dates. This is when we've sort of processed through some of the live discussions. We've done a little bit of group work or some discussion work. And then this week before we meet again is really intensive assignment deadline time. So I have... This past weekend, I've had three papers due in four days, within four days of each other, and a a big statistics assignment due within those four days. So four big assignments within four days. And for my physical body, this has all been during this week leading up to my period where I feel overwhelmed. I feel a little bit more stressed out. I feel a little bit more irritable. And some of those premenstrual symptoms <laughs> are come into play. It has been quite an interesting ride. Sometimes I've done a better job at observing it sort of neutrally and recognizing this is part of the physical process of menstruation. And I know myself and I know my cycle and I can sort of plan on feeling a little bit more down my, my energy definitely dips during this week leading up to my period and during my period itself. Luckily, I learned a lot about trying to flow with my seasons and, and capitalize on these different emotional and physical states that I experience through menstruation with April Davis in the episode 86 of the Live Free Creative podcast. I have a great interview with April, who's a menstruation specialist. And we talk all about these different seasons of our cycle as women and how we can, you know, be aware of our cycles and then then live in accordance with them. It also has been ironic and a little bit unfortunate that the pacing of the master's program thus far has lined up in the exact most difficult way for myself and my physiology. And that's just something that I think at some point it's going to shift out of this alignment because the distance between the on-site class periods will be different. But so far, I'm three for three (laughs) on having my menstrual cycle be the exact opposite of what I would choose with regards to classwork. I just think that's an important thing to acknowledge because it's it's really been interesting. I mean, it's a struggle to not only have a lot of work to do physical, like sitting down and writing or reading articles or working through videos and trying to understand some of the calculations involved with research statistics. On top of that feeling out of balance a little bit emotionally and and hormonally because of my regular cycle is is just it's been a lot and I'm curious how my emotional stability will differ you know if I were to have a week hypothetically in a few months there will be a week leading up to classes where I have a lot of things do and I am not the week before my period, I'm in, I'm in like my, my spring or summer phase where I have high energy naturally and my hormones are more balanced and I feel more creative and I am not as fatigued. What will that be like? I'm like so curious and excited to have a week where my physiology aligns positively with my schoolwork rather than the opposite. Despite all of that, I am really, really looking forward to being on campus in person this coming weekend. I feel really close to some of my classmates already, even though we've only met virtually. I'm excited to meet the professors in real life and to hear from some incredible international speakers who are coming in to present at this, at this in-person summit this weekend. In addition, having a few days to be able to focus on schoolwork and school. By myself, I, I, I'm actually sharing a room with one of my classmates at the hotel in Philadelphia, but essentially by myself that I will be the only person that I'm responsible for during the weekend will be really nice. It is a juggle to try to take care of myself and my schoolwork in addition to maintaining some sort of normal baseline role and responsibility within my family and my marriage and my work schedule. So... I'm excited to have a little bit of an intensive break from family responsibility so that I can have a deep dive into school responsibility this coming weekend. This podcast is
0: sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. As far
1: as an interesting idea or an aspect of my classes that I wanted to share today... The first thing that comes to mind that I have found coming up in conversation this week is around the idea of expectations. One of the papers that I wrote this week centered on the phenomenon of anchoring and adjustment, which are ideas that first emerged in research literature back in the 70s and 80s and have since been studied by just hordes of scientists, social scientists and psychologists around the idea of our minds Anchoring on an idea of readily available information and then setting our expectation there. And even when we're given an opportunity to adjust based on new information or based on reasonability, you know, kind of we have this immediate reaction of anchoring on what we first see or think. And then we're given a chance to consider, reconsider, would you like to go up or down or think about that differently? we are often unable to do it sufficiently. One hilarious example that is really well known, and I think all of you will relate, with regards to consumer shopping, is that the first price you see for something without any comparison, you'll make a judgment on whether you feel like it's expensive or or not expensive based on your own experience, kind of the available information to you from your background. If you don't have a frame of reference, then it's kind of hard to place like whether or not you think it's a good deal until you have something to compare it to. So, an example from the book *The Paradox of Choice* regarding anchoring and adjustment is that when one of the first models of automatic bread makers came onto the market, it was priced at two hundred and seventy-nine dollars, and that felt really expensive to people. They didn't really know what it was. They, you know, it was a, a small appliance, but no one had really used one yet, and they they didn't. You know, there wasn't like a whole lot of comparison. So it just felt expensive because compared to other types of uh, small appliances on the market, that was a lot of money. And then when the company came out with a higher end model priced at over $400, the sales numbers of the base model increased by over 50%. So when all of a sudden the consumer saw the $279 model as way less expensive than the higher-end model, it became more appealing. It felt like it was a really good deal to get a bread maker for under $300 because there was one available for over $400. I'm sure that you can think in your own life of ways that you have anchored on a price or an idea or an ideal, some sort of standard, and then based on comparison to other things, that's how you determine the goodness or the validity or the importance of the thing that you anchored on initially. Now, I think it's really interesting that this is not just consumer goods. I was thinking about this in my personal life, how it relates very fully to my own decision to have three children and the way that I felt about it initially. I grew up in a family with I have five siblings, so there are six of us total. My husband is from a family of six kids. We grew up in Utah, big, happy Mormon families, where the norm, the anchor, is like five to 10 kids as baseline. That is like was so normal. In fact, one of my sister-in-laws is one of 13. And that just felt normal. I mean, 13 was like, oh, that's a little bigger than I've expected. But I was not like blown out of the water by this idea when I. Dave and I started having children, we had since moved away. And our expectation around family size was starting to adjust based on our exposure to families of different sizes. And being in community with people who had two or three children and felt really good about their decision, they didn't feel like they had tiny families, allowed us to sort of use this new information, new cultural context to adjust our expectation. And then when we made the decision to have three children and no more, it's been really funny because people from our traditional Mormon community will comment about how it must be so easy to only have three or, you know, if they had known better that they may have stopped sooner. You know, that kind of tongue in cheek, like, oh, you've got it easy. And people who are not from our Mormon community or from an evangelical or, or Catholic background that also culturally tend to have bigger families They'll say, oh, my gosh, you have three kids. Like, how do you manage it? How you must have your hands full all the time. These families whose anchor is one child or two children feel like three is like definitely stepping off a ledge. Such an interesting cultural phenomenon around our ideas of expectations being anchored in what we know or what we have exposure to rather than what is real or true. One other point that I want to make I, again a lot of these concepts are too big to talk about in a short period in any sort of way other than like a high overview and I'm excited to dig in to some of these topics in more depth in the main feed at some point the idea of expectations is based on our anchors when we create an expectation it's like we're giving ourselves an anchor point and then our satisfaction depends on whether or not we have hit or exceeded our sometimes very arbitrary anchor. One of the suggestions in the research is that in order to increase your well-being, making a conscious effort to moderate your anchors so that you can hit them, like your expectations stay low enough that they're reasonable and that you can hit and exceed them, that will increase your positive emotions instead of having anchor points or expectations so high that you are unable to achieve them and therefore chronically disappointed with the outcomes. I'm left with the question around the idea of expecting the best out of people. I'm thinking in terms of parenting, how I've often seen the advice given to expect your kids to... Be really respectful and to be really responsible, and that they sort of rise to the occasion. And how that contrasts with this idea of maintaining expectations that are reasonable enough that you're not chronically disappointed by them. And I wonder where the balance is. I don't know. That's a question that I'm still pondering and and would like to look into. I don't have the answer to that. I do know that for myself, I am. Learning to temper my expectations and will continue reinforced by this idea of anchoring and adjustment. I am going to try with more effort and diligence to temper my expectations in order to increase my satisfaction with the outcomes. And that's something that I can do for myself. I can do it for my relationships and not expecting terrible things all the time. However, basing my expectations in reasonable outcomes and being very excited and satisfied, content with those outcomes, rather than this idea of being disappointed by the outcomes that may objectively be great, but are just overshadowed by the anchor that we created.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the skylight frame. Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com easy.